Where are you? Where did I catch you? It looks very, uh, is this your home? Uh, yes, this is my, my New York apartment. There's <laughs> a very soothing feel to it. Did you paint those walls yourself? Oh, good. Uh, no, I think I hired another comedian who's out of work to, to <laughs> paint you it. really? Is uh, that yeah. a, uh, a Jew with a, a talus on behind you? Yes, this is, this is my girlfriend's. Uh, okay. that's, that's the Rebbe. I love it. I love that the light is reflecting right on the face. It's like the aura know, right? of the Lord above us. <laughs> that's great. That's wonderful. Yes. Your girlfriend is, I met her years ago. Um, is uh -huh. she Orthodox? She grew up in a Chabad community. Okay. Okay. Uh, so she's, she's no longer practicing. At all. But, she went uh, the other way. She's like, fuck this. I'm... Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Okay. All right. And you, now you are, I've heard you say you're Jewish, but you have an Italian name. What's the, what, tell, break that down for me. Uh, mother is Jewish. Uh, a great neck. Uh, very, very, basically my mom's parents told her she could either have a bat mitzvah or a sweet 16. Okay. And that was kind of the end of my <laughs> Jewish heritage. Got it. But my uncles on that side, they're still very Jewish. Uh, and then my dad, not Jewish, and like slightly Italian. Okay. How much, I don't really know. Okay. But I was raised to believe it was a lot. And then as I got older, I realized it was not, not quite much. that much. But I've never tested. I, it could be more, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I'm, I'm too scared to get tested because if it's like 1%, I think I will feel embarrassed. Okay. Well, I got tested years ago and I was frustrated. Um, sorry, let me quit my WhatsApp, which is pinging away. Um, I got tested years ago and I, I'm like, you pay a shitload of money and it just says Jew. And I was like, really? That's the only mm. breakdown I got, like Eastern European Jew. And I had a little bit of Neanderthal, which was festive. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes. And some Finnish. But when I say some Finnish, it was like 0, 0.0. That was a tease because, you know, there's literally nothing about yeah. me that's Finnish. So I don't know why I think I have like superior gene pool. Um, but yeah, Eastern European Jew was not saying a lot, but it's always weird to me that you can, I hate to say detect, that sounds a little iffy, detect Jews like in the, in the genetic makeup. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, yes. you look yes. at the, what is, and then people go, no, you're not different. And I'm like, huh? Okay. Um, <laughs> a little weird. Uh, how long have you been doing standup? Uh, I like, dabbled in it in college, but like, like fake, you know, uh, I took a class, uh, when I moved to New York, I did one bringer show every four months. So f for me, I feel like I started in 2017. Okay. So, you know, seven, seven years now. That's, that's, that's good. You've been, you've come a long way in those seven years now. Sure. I think so. Sure. I, think I, so. I, I wish I'd come even further, but yeah, it's, it's going okay. Are you are you going into, are you interested in acting too or did you do acting in college or are you just happy to be like I, I guess nobody's happy just being a comic anymore that seems like a like a ridiculous question I don't know I think I I think I would be happy if it felt like that sustained ticket sales right. but I started as an actor Okay I went to college for musical theater Oh so, you. Yeah that was my that was my background but I, you know, I haven't booked a lot, any much acting work in the last in the last couple of years, and I think there's a part of me that's like, a was I ever really that good at acting? Okay. B, 
I don't know if it's something I'd actually love doing. Uh, it, it's been so long. I, I think I'd enjoy it, but, but, you know, I, I remember thinking I'd want to do theater. And then the moment I did my own play for a month, eight shows a week, I was like, I'm so bored right. with this same thing every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a so, one-man show? It was like a, it was like a, a one-man show with scenes in between. So, okay. so it, it was technically a play, but that's how I figured out I wanted to do stand-up was I talked to the audience in between right. each scene and kind of narrated it. And, um, yeah, I just – I think there was a time that I wanted to be like the next Daniel Day-Lewis or Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. And then I actually sat down and thought, okay, if I was in A Long Day's Journey into the Night – this four-hour play. Yeah. Then cool. Saturdays on Broadway would be eight hours, eight hours of, of that theater. intense drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I actually would not want to do that with my life. But I that think again, miserable. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I think that when it gets addictive having the live audience and that instant gratification. And I don't want to say minimal work, but, you know, if you have your set and, you know, you, need good, you know, people can improv well, you do good crowd work, you can actually perform and do great even without any prep, you know what I mean? Like just you're yeah. there and you're done and you're like, it felt great or it didn't feel great, but it's done. But I feel like I do one woman shows and it gets very lonely on the road. Um, yes. You know, it's like, let me have a drink with the cast. Oh, it's me. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you do find a way to recreate the, you know, the, the text every night. That's, I guess that's the art of, you know, kind of being a theater actor, right? You have to kind of make it fresh every day, but same with standup. Don't you think like you have to, if you're doing like an hour, and you're touring with For an hour. Sure. How do you make that fresh? I don't know. I guess because you have the crowd input, and that kind of what changes it. But with drama, it's a little. But I'm bit. also like I, I'm usually not. I have yet to do like a tour where you know I got to be perfect. So right. I'm mixing it up all the time. It's Good. probably what I mean. It's one of my shortcomings, honestly, as a comic. Is just like I don't really tour an hour. I have my two and a, two hours with a mix of new stuff, and that right. keeps it alive. Yeah. For me, I think I'd go, I'd be very bored doing the same thing. It's, it's yeah, a real tough, I, yeah. I get bored easily. At some point, it's got to be about the paycheck then. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's not that, you're like, well, I'm getting paid five grand for this gig. So I'll, you know, you just think about that and you just make it as good as you can. Another reason not to do theater. That paycheck is yeah, that, never. It's, it's a small, it's a slim, never. it's a slim paycheck. I was just talking to my agent the other night. I'm like, you know, I, with a strike coming, I want to do theater. He's like, be prepared for like, you know, 600 bucks a week. <laughs> like people on Broadway mm-hmm. don't make a lot of money. Like, you know, and, and it's, it's uh, crazy. I have a good friend, my good friend, my podcast co-host, he's in a, off-Broadway show called Titanic, and it's a hit. It's a smash it? hit, selling oh, wow. out, and What's he's he he's paid garbage, oh. garbage. I don't know, eight eight hundred to a grand a week. It's trash. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. It's only trash because you know how much the producers are making, right? Like, you yes, know, yes. It's like I would do an independent film for free because we're all you know whatever for nothing, or you know you do theater in L.A. for thirty bucks a show, but you know that no one's making any money, so it's. Yeah, once you once you like do a deal that's a door deal, you're like, oh, there is a lot of money yeah. here that right. that I could be taking home. Right, right. But um, I feel like if you have the skills of musical theater, um, like the, you know the Hugh Jack- Jackman s, you got a Hugh Jackman thing going. You're a, you know a good looking guy. Like you're a leading man, dude. Um, and I feel like use that. Skill well, let set me tell you when I when I was in college, I said I said I want to be a leading man, and the head of the program said. Yeah, like an offbeat leading man. <laughs> and 
And I said, oh, no, 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 you must have misheard me. I said leading man, and that was it. And, and he was so right. He was so right. It took a long time to realize that. Listen, people say I look like Hugh Jackman. It's part of me, sure. But there's right. another part. Might be that Jewish part that takes right. me a little bit away. But that's, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I do think that's a good thing. I mean, sure, yeah, you know, Hugh and his square jaw, boring, boring, boring. But I do think that leading men have become more uh, eccentric and quirky over the years, right? I was always the um, the crazy neighbor. Like, I was always, I, I never sure. kind of, I remember, but sometimes my agents back in the day, like, when I first started acting a long time ago, I had an agent tell me, you're too ethnic. This is when the people could say that to you. It was a commercial agent in L.A., and she goes, no, no, I have no work for you. You're too ethnic looking. <laughs> and then I became not ethnic enough. They're like, well, you're not, you know, Latina. You're not black. Like, we don't know what you are. I'm like, well, I'm Middle Eastern. Like, nah, you don't really look like we won't put you on Fauda. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not Middle Eastern yeah. enough. And I'm like, well, OK, but my mom is from Spain originally, you know, 1492. That doesn't count. So I feel like I, I went through a phase when I was in commercials, back when I used to audition a lot for commercials. There was a brief phase where they tried to test me out for roles that I think were supposed to be for Mexican men. And because if I was in the room with these, you know, Jewish agents, my Italianness, I think, made me look a little bit right. something. Right. Something. And then I would go to these audition rooms and I'd tell them, I'd report back and be like, guys, when I'm in these rooms <laughs> with, with other Mexican men, not other Mexican with with Mexican men. Right. I do not. Yeah. Appear anything other than white. <laughs> it's hard though. I feel like I don't know now with casting and I'm torn about this whole casting identity politics. Like, should only a Jew play a Jew, or you know, that whole thing. I remember I was supposed to audition for a um, a role that was Turkish, and I've played Turkish. I played Palestinian. I'm Israeli. I played Pal like I. You know, there used to be a little more flexibility. <laughs> Um, but the, the person, the director wanted me like to provide some sort of like family ancestry, like, you know, and I was like, well, no, not Turkish, but you know, Bulgarian, that's Ottoman empire. Can we get in that zone? And it got really intense because they were so afraid of authenticity. And then I was like, it's tricky. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? I don't know. I I'm torn about that. I, I remember that. there was some role. Oh God. It's, it's long enough ago that I can speak vaguely where there was, there was some big role in a televised thing that was it was a native american role and this was at a time where people were really they were really paying right. attention right. right and it went to this person who was in my college and i i knew them and i knew their family and i said they're native american <laughs> i don't i don't remember this and it really was one of those scenarios that i think it was like a 16th or something <laughs> right. and listen i'm not i'm not i wasn't going to be like up in arms but yeah. it was very funny because they were like all the press releases were like they got a real they got yes. an actual native american to play and i was like what are you i knew this person for four years uh, and, yeah. and and you know it's it's definitely it's definitely tricky i think in the and, US, and i think are, this, yeah. sorry go ahead with the jews i think it's one of these things where it's like i also agree I don't think all Jewish roles have to be played by Jews, but at a certain point, it's like, well, how many leading ladies yeah. are going to not be Jewish before we go, hmm, Right. this is a little disconcerting. Yeah. Well, especially someone like the Joan Rivers role, you know, these women that were like so into their, in their Jewishness. Like I just saw a play called the Lehman Trilogy in London and they were Jew facing it up. I hate to say like, you know, these actors, this was like a new cast and that was like, upset. you know what I mean? 
So yes, and as it yeah. does take away, uh, it it does take away from it. I mean, yeah, I think that. I mean, and listen, and listen, I auditioned so many times for Marvelous Miss Maisel, yeah. and I'm I'm very bitter about it. But there is a degree where it's like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's that. Now that the show is done, we can all go. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. That was a. The whole show was like, she's Jewish. Yes. And, and she's she not. wasn't Jewish. Yeah, it's a no, little right. weird. It is. Because again, the connection to the Jewish material in that is literally just becomes in the cadence. Like, let me do a thing. And now we're doing the thing. And it's like, eh, you really can't. Yeah. You can't. But again, I think what, you know, what, what people are saying now, it's the double standard, right? Why is it okay for, you know, some minorities to be outraged that it's not, you know, so how come Jews can't be outraged that a Jew is not playing? You know, Helen sure, Mirren is sure. playing Golda Meir, and she's like, well, I'm an actor. I'm like, well, that wouldn't fly if you had to play Rosa Parks, obviously. So it's like, it, it sure. does feel. But it's also cool when someone when someone does that. I mean, Meryl Streep played, I think, Meryl, Meryl Streep, is she Jewish? No, no, no. I mean, why do I say that with such I mean, conviction? I don't think she is. I don't, yeah, I'm not. No, I don't, I don't think she is. Yeah. But like, you know, she played like that old rabbi in Angels in America. And it's right. incredible. It was yeah. an incredible thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, if it's good enough. Yes. People yeah. will let you get away with a lot of things. Well, my friend Amir, uh, you know, of Israeli descent just was on Broadway in The Kite Runner now. And he's playing an Afghani, you know, and I think that, I think people in the theater world are a little more relaxed in that sense. But they had to write in the Times, they had to write, we auditioned numerous Afghani, they're not a slew of Afghani, he was the best choice. So obviously people want to see great acting and want to embody the role and suspension of disbelief. And you get, you know, again, did it's they, like- Did they put that in the release? It's not a slew. Yeah, exactly. We so it's not, there's like it's not three. A slew, guys. There's not a lot. There's not a shitload of Afghani <laughs> actors. I'm sure there are, but how, how hard were they really searching? Really? But, um, you know, uh, so I, like I said, I'm torn about it. Like, it would be nice if uh, the standards were the same and, you know, you try and get a Jewish actress to play, you know, but it's also like, okay, if, you know, as long as you're not Jew facing it up, I'm okay. Like, what was that other show that with, um, what's his name, with Will Ferrell? He also played very Jewy with Paul Rudd, The Shrink oh, Next Door. Did you see The Shrink Next Door? I didn't see it. Oh no. my God. So Will Ferrell, he's playing like the garbage and he's doing that guy, you know, and Catherine Hahn is also <laughs> in it. She's not Jewish either. And it's, it's like, it's just a lot of the, Oh man. You know, whatever. Um, and you grew up where? Go into Potomac, Maryland. Potomac. A lot of Jews, okay. a lot of Jews in Potomac. I, again, I didn't really have this Jewish upbringing, but I went to a lot of bar mitzvahs. And you didn't sure. have one. You did not have a bar mitzvah. I, well, I did birthright uh, did. when I was 26. Okay. I did. And uh, we did like a like speed bar mitzvah <laughs> at the Western Wall. Yes. They said, who hasn't had a bar mitzvah? It was me, I think two other people. And then they did a quick prayer. They picked us up in the chairs Aww. and uh, no gifts. But that no was gifts. it. This was, I don't know how old you are, but this was how long ago? I'm 34, so this was okay. like eight years ago. Eight years ago, okay, okay. Because I feel like Birthright now has become, they have like the gourmet tour. Like, they, you know, back in the day, Birthright was like, let's just get here, let's just find these Israeli, these Jappy girls, have, her, have them sleep with Israeli soldiers, convince them to stay, you know, bring American money into the country, and then we're done. But now I feel like they have to Yeah, they were very, here. it was very little uh, uh, in terms of like messaging. I think we had like <laughs> one 30-minute lecture. Oh, that's it? Okay. And... And then the soldiers were all very, very liberal, but they were all in relationships. 
So, uh, Interesting. no, so no, Jappy girls were no cross pollination. Yeah. That's they, tough. they were, they were that's tough. Um, it's a very particular girl that comes on birthright. I talk about that in my, you know, like that, ah, they're talking, it's there. We're going to the hotel, you know, we're doing, we're yeah. kissing off center. It's like, it's, it's very, it is a frequency that can be heard from space. As I like to say, um, it was a good time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Are you wearing a Caroline shirt? Is that what I see? The logo? I am so vintage. Sad. So wrestling Caroline's what is it now it's becoming a ping pong what? bar. Is it? Oh yeah, it was it was bought by a, a big company. I think it's called Spin maybe. Oh god. And it's gonna be a big underground ping pong bar. It, that, that was a big space. Like I'm always you know, I remember going every time I'd go down there, I'm like, wow, this you think it's like an old this is like a big, big space. But I loved it. I did I, I it mean, a great space. It was pretty it was pretty dead. By the was time it? I started stand up, oh, I mean, okay. I heard, I think I said like Rich Voss, I saw him at a comedy club and he was like, he said, oh, Caroline's back in the day, the Midnight Friday show was sold out. And I was like, Midnight Friday show, <laughs> they, that's, that would never happen now. Wow. So mm, just sad. Yeah. yeah that they is all sad. come and they go. They do. Well, I feel like the seller's just going to be there till hell freezes over i feel like the sellers i mean now they just bought more space Didn't they buy the mcdonald's or something they're just buying they bought the mcdonald's they're gonna make it a bigger space but who knows who knows who bigger knows? things have fallen yeah uh, you like performing there obviously you do right those are always great crowds right there's it's always a full house yeah i think it's just like the seller feels like i know enough people there now it took some time to feel like uh, it's clicky, in with it? everybody yeah it's clicky yeah yeah but i think i think now that i've been there i think it'll be two years okay uh at some point like now i feel like i, I show up i see some friends right. i can hang there yeah, yeah, yeah uh yeah. i feel good so so that's what that's what's what's nice you you passed there during the pandemic when they were doing the shows upstairs or what no i think i passed i think it wasn't until uh november okay november of 2021 maybe oh, right on. Okay. i think it was that yeah, yeah yeah i tried i went there like it was i don't know if it was the end of 2020 the beginning of 2021 where uh they were doing they set up like plexiglass yes, and they were I doing remember. like open mics my friend danny cohen perform and i'm like this is so depressing yeah <laughs> danny like... oh it was sad yeah. But I remember I hadn't been past there, but I was you know, trying to like show yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there was a fight that broke out. Like someone what? almost broke out where, where it was uh, uh, Marcus Monroe and, and some heckler. And okay. normally I would never get involved in a fight. But in my mind, I was like, if I stop this fight or maybe right, if I in. take a hit. You're in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. 100%. And that was the, that was the only time I take a punch would be to get past the cellar. <laughs> I remember one. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been going there for years, but I remember one time there was like Chris. You know, it's like when these guys drop in and Chris Rock is hanging out, and someone threw their was trying to take pictures of him, and someone threw their cell phone into the wind. Like it, there was some drama there too. Like not he didn't throw. He really? was someone else. Like I don't remember what it was, but it's you know, it's nice to harken back to those. Like oh look, the great the greats are present. You know, like who's gonna yeah, stop? Yeah, given Ray how Mano many famous is people. Here. Yeah, they do a good job though, because given how many famous people are there. It never seems to be, at least these days, like bombarded by. I've never seen like paparazzi. No, at the right. cellar. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one. I had paparazzi come after me one time because, and I don't think they even knew really? what it was. Yeah, it was odd. I was coming out. I had a, a 
a vocal node. You know, over the years with my performances, I developed like Oh my vocal God, nodes. really? And, yeah, so I had like, there was the big voice doctor in New York that everybody goes to, you know, and then there's a guy in LA who like Mariah Carey goes to, right? And it's like $800 for like a four minute exam, right? And so this guy's in Beverly Hills and I went to him because that was my guy. And I guess paparazzi hang out because, you know, Christina Aguilera might come out. Like, you know, they just hang out outside this doctor's office. And I remember coming out and it's very scary. Like they, they get in your face and you have no idea what's going on. And they caught me in like a really weird, you know, look like I was like having a seizure because I like, I, you know, and of course that's the photo that like shows up. You know, that's that's the one that was disseminated. Yeah, like yeah. it looked like I had tell, some sort of. Tell me about your note because I, I always worry. I'm a big yeller on stage. Okay. And I do sometimes worry. I try to monitor it, but like, how was that recovery process? How stressful was that? I mean, I developed nodes. Um, I mean, if you're yelling on stage and you're supported, all I can do is warm up beforehand. Like, definitely warm your voice up if you're really a big yeller. Yeah, I do. Um, but I'm talking about, like, when I was doing eight shows a week of my one-woman show, which is, you know, 80, 90 minutes of nonstop talking and voices and characters yeah. and motion, and, and I'm sitting and I'm not moving. And so even with all the, you know, warm-ups, and sometimes I wasn't mic'd and I would do a big house and I would really have to belt, and I'm not an opera singer. So, so I have to go on steroids. And um, and you do a very low dosage of steroids. It's like six, five, four, three, two, one, And you're not allowed to speak. You have to go on vocal rest because when you have steroids, you, your voice feels stronger than it is. And if you end up talking on it, you can really you know, exacerbate. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then I remember going on dates when I was on vocal rest. I couldn't not date for like a week. I'm like, no, let me go on a date while I'm on vocal rest. And I'd bring like a pad and your whole mind slows down because you can't, there's no small talk. You're only going to write what's really important. You know what I mean? Like, and we won't get graphic. But <laughs> I'm I'm leaving that date so fast. I'm leaving that date so no, goddamn fast. Guys like there's to talk. no way. No, guys like to talk. Really? So, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like half the time I'm on dates, I'm like, what do you call it? A, a backboard conversation where I'm just kind of like their therapist. Like they're just talking at me. I could be anybody. Like copy paste me, anyone. I mean, literally the last two months I was dealing with a few of those dates. So men love a good listener. I'm just sitting there with That's my little That's so pad. funny, not realizing she was on vocal rest because you talk so much. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they got better. They just natched, they just well, they get better, but I mean, I've had to, uh, I've had to do it a few times over my career. And now I started getting mic'd. Like, so now whenever I do a show, I have the little, the little love, you know, the little Broadway mic thing. Mm. Um, but I was doing like huge venues and just belting. And it was uh, like, you know, and when you're doing accents, I do like 12 different characters. Oh, sure. So when you're doing that kind of thing and it's like different voice and accents, you're definitely not supporting. I'm doing a man. I'm talking like this, like an Israeli general. And it's really this already. So it, it definitely puts yeah. an extra toll on, on the voice. But, um, you know, do you write too? Are you like into writing your own projects or besides your stand up, obviously, which I know you, you write. But. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been doing more. Uh, it's tough. I, I think partly why I love stand up so much is I, I probably have ADHD and I, I do say I'm going to go get diagnosed one of these days, but like, I'm very, it's just tough for me. I bounce around a lot and stand up. I can do that when I yeah, write yeah, out yeah. my stand up. But so, you know, after I did JFL, people wanted a TV pitch. They want a ba 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 pitch. Right, so right. I'm working, I'm working to, uh, you know, I, I've done sketches. I've, I did a play. Um, so I'm working on writing other things for myself, but in my mind, I would need to work with someone right? and let me pace around. Let me have the squeezy right. ball and throw right. it at the wall. You're like, you're like the Ari Emanuel goes, of that situation. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that that's my fantasy. But it's maybe I'll just finally get some uh, Adderall. In my fantasy, I take Adderall for the first time, and I'm just like, mm, and I finally write the screenplay. Right, the entire like you write a tome of like yeah, like a three hour Francis yeah. Ford Coppola masterpiece. Uh, do you co-write? I mean, do you, I mean, do you, uh, the podcast, you said your co-host on the podcast is an actor and have you get, yes. done any other projects together? Or are you just kind of like, you just, is there a theme to the so podcast? We were on a, yeah. Tell me about the podcast. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. We were on a sketch team called uncle function, which was like a lot of very, very funny people, but with an acting background. So I felt like we wrote sketches with like a, a little bit extra acting, emotional truth okay. to them. Character and arcs. it made them fun. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, the podcast, it's just like it's – I brought my friend on from the sketch team. He's super, very, very funny. Um, and we have guests on, and we, we ask them to explore the negatives of their lives, to complain, to kvetch, right to bitch, to moan. Yeah, yeah. And, and it ends up just – I feel like it opens people up to uh, tell stories where they're not the good guy or where they failed mm. or where they can complain about where they can complain about someone in a way where they know I'm not going to be like, hey, Judging. you know, right. well, right. be nice or, yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, at yeah. least you got this. And uh, that's what I wanted. That's the space that I wanted. And I, I feel like when it works, <laughs> yes, yes. When it works, I feel like people end up telling stories kind of that they, they wouldn't tell uh, uh, elsewhere. So tell me a story you wouldn't tell elsewhere, unless you've said everything on your podcast. Oh have God. you revealed everything, or can we reveal something now that? Uh, 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 oh my goodness! That makes you really vulnerable, uh, no. Marco. Like really vulnerable, like super. No, I mean vulnerable. We end up getting like really good uh, parental stories because I I love okay. deep, digging deep into. Yeah. So I, I guess the the one story I haven't shared in a long time was. Um, the uh so my parents they're divorced mm -hmm. and uh went back and forth the only the only day i was allowed to like decide where i wanted to be was uh was my birthday and uh i would usually pick my dad's single fun right. dad right disney but, dad. but this disney dad uh but then this one there's this one birthday my mom and my stepfather who was my dad's former lawyer um <laughs> they course. uh they got a beach house in Delaware and I went with them and uh, I, all day I was just waiting for a phone call from my dad. And for whatever reason, it didn't, it, I didn't get that mm. call. I started getting anxious. I was like, maybe he died or something. And um, it was like that evening we were playing board games. My mom and stepdad were a little drunk and uh, my mom and stepdad, there was tension, you know, they're okay. divorced now. Right. Oh, and at okay. some point my stepfather, was 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 kind of pissed off of my my mom and said uh jamarco get in the car we're gonna go get some ice cream and he said it in a way like it was a threat like we're getting ice cream <laughs> and uh I, I i was headed to the car with my stepdad and it was scary being yeah. without yeah. it felt like if i was leaving with my stepdad without my mom there it was like leaving the american embassy in like right. a hostile territory right that's and, a good analogy thank you for that yeah, thank and and as we were going to the car, my phone rang, and it was my dad, and and I was like, oh, finally, he's I'm I'm gonna answer, and my stepdad, who had bought my phone, said to me, he said, uh, no, I did not get you that phone to talk to that man. Get in the car. Oh, oh, wow. And and 
And I had never spoken up to my stepfather. He was he right. was just tall. He was intimidating. Okay. Um, How old were you? And I, I think this was my fifteenth birthday, fourteenth okay. or fifteenth okay. birthday. All right. So so never spoken back to this man. And uh, uh, then at some point, at some point, like my dad, he keeps calling. And, and my, my stepfather, we, we get to the ice cream place, mm. or we're about to get the ice cream place. He okay. goes, he goes, you know, answer the phone. Fine, call, call him. I pick up the phone. I talk to my dad for like 30 seconds. And then we get to the ice cream place and my stepfather looks over. He's like, wrap it up. Oh he mouths, wrap it up to me. <laughs> now, if I told my dad what was happening, he would have driven to Delaware that night. Yes. And, and, and possibly a physical, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I lied to my dad. I said, "Hey, oh, I gotta go. I'm, I'm, we're at the ice cream place. I'm so excited to get ice cream." Well, what can and, children do? Yeah, yeah. And and when I hung up, my stepfather like grabbed the phone on my hand. He put it on the side of the car, and I turned to him and I said, uh, "You're just mad because my dad fucked your wife before you did." <laughs> and I think he was in shock. I, I think yeah. he was in shock. He he didn't like hit me or anything. Okay. But he was like he was just stunned and and he was like pissed. But I don't think he did I don't think he knew what to do. Because I think his father would have smacked the shit out of right. him. He couldn't do that. He mm. can't do that. I'm not his son. Yeah. Um his wife, who already doesn't like him, would get mad at him. So so then we get back and you know, my mom is is she finds out. She's drunk. She's like, I'm going to take the kids. Who do you think they love more, you or me? Oh, and right. it was bad, 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 yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for me, it was like that was the that was the first moment. For me, that's like that was my bar mitzvah. That's when I felt like I was a man. A yes. Like I really, I stood up to this. And and I think until that point, and my stepfather and I, we have a relationship now. My ex stepfather, we we were we're okay. close. Yeah. But I. Uh, he was the antagonist of my life up until that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. And for me, if, if, all my life, if we're looking at like the arc of my life, that was the one moment I felt like I, I stood up for myself. I, I defeated the bad guy. I right. was a man. And, and I became, and it was like, that was my superpower is my dad. He was a yeller. I'm not a fighter. I'm, I'm cowardly, mm -hmm. but I've all, I was always loud. And in that moment, I used my, my loudness, my ability to just be, say, the most mean, fucked up thing I could and just, like, attack. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, for me, that was a real pivotal moment well, of my like life. when you're dealing with um, that kind of type of, I don't want to say alpha male, but there's that newfound respect, right? Like, they want to hit you, but they're also like, all right, speak up, son. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's a that's transition for them too. Or like, oh shit, okay. In, in a you know, it's sad that it has to get to that point, but sometimes that's what those that's the language people certain people understand. Sure. And I I mean I've always been a I'm always a yeller. I need to learn how to fight one of these days because sometimes I'll yell at someone in New York. And, and then you can get yeah. In LA, I was always afraid of they're ready to my fight voice a little bit. Yeah, they're just they're gonna like yeah take a knife out and. Yeah. Hey, buddy, back off, or I'm going to repeat myself louder. It's not Do very you threatening. you feel like, um, obviously, I mean, I came up from a fucked up home, too, and that's always been, uh, you know, you feel not well-versed in relationships as an adult, or you're bringing so much baggage, or you're trying to correct the past. We're all trying to kind of, or it's repetition compulsion, and, you know, it's either you're, like, replicating to get better at it, or you're trying to change it. What do you feel like in your current relationship 
that like you've transcended or what do you feel like oh this is my pattern like do you know what i mean like in a way i'm sure do you analyze uh, it at all or do you just kind of like no i'm just like no all, all sorts of analysis a very okay, expensive okay. yeah okay. expensive you analysis doing, like, Freudian stuff too or just uh the regular kind of just uh, once uh, a i think i think well once a week therapy but okay. like i think from the you know descended from the freudian school yes. okay um i think for me it's it's always just about like overcoming narcissism and mm. Uh, my father, my father was just so deeply, deeply narcissistic yeah. in a way. And when I was younger, I was the beneficiary of that narcissism. I was his, his Goomba, he called mm. me. Uh, uh, I was his son and, and, you know, he would, no one mattered mm. other than me because I was his little boy and I made him happy and he felt right. fulfilled when I was yeah. there. Yeah. But then... He had my little sister and, and suddenly she became, mm. she became that person. And I was the guy just around right. and we were making decisions based on the four-year-olds going to restaurants only if they had the butter noodles that wouldn't make her cry. Right. And there's that, there's that degree where you go, Oh, this fucking sucks. Yeah. This sucks. And I think this is always a struggle in a relationship, especially in this kind of business where, being being an, a narcissist is rewarded in certain degrees. You ha you you your need whole to thing be a little bit of a narcissist, um, but from the insecure kind. Otherwise, if you don't have like that big ego, why would you keep pursuing and going through rejection after rejection sure. after rejection? Right. So yeah. Um, so so I think that's always the struggle is just yeah. like making time for others. Okay. And uh, well, it's also I feel like better. you need a partner, and it sounds like you do. You have a partner that is well versed in the comedy world that, you know, can accept mm -hmm. and actually loves that world enough to put up with some of the behaviors associated with dating a comic, you know, like, or an actor. It's, I mean, I dated an brutal, actor, yeah. I've been cheated on, like, every time I try dating an actor and they were like, I'm doing regional theater, I'm like, they're doing a lot more than regional theater. So I just felt really? like, you know, but yeah, it takes... Well, know. that just happened. I don't know if you've been following, uh, do you, you know, Sydney Sweeney. Do you know yeah. Sydney Sweeney? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her, you she saw hooked some up with her co-star, right? And she's engaged. Well, it hasn't been confirmed yet. It hasn't ah, been confirmed yet. So okay. she's engaged. He was in a relationship. Uh, he was in a relationship with, like, a model. model I know. I saw that you know, picture. Just... I was like, she's gorgeous and Sydney's gorgeous. And they're all, go okay, so you're going from hot to hot. Okay, lateral move. Lateral move. Now, Sydney's fiance good looking man okay but not not a, not not a model Powell, right. and yeah not Glenn Powell. and first of all i got a problem with rom-coms <laughs> one should be at least a little out of the other league out of right. the other's league right. otherwise <laughs> what's the story two hot people meet yeah and they fuck of course they fuck they're right. beautiful yeah i i i don't care that city powell can fuck city sweeney i want to see a movie where somehow someone like me gets to fuck city sweeney right that's right. the aspiration yes yes i hear you i hear well, what was that terrible rom-com that i tried watching uh with reese witherspoon and ashton kutcher did you i tried watching it oh it was unwatchable yeah, yeah. i mean i was like Guys, I, I just, I get so frustrated. I'm like, this was like a, not even a first draft of a script. How did this get past? You know what I mean? So I'd be curious to see the Sydney's Look, I mean, when there's good chemistry, it really can make, you don't care about anything. Like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, my friend directed that. I'm like, they, they knew like the chemistry was so electric. They knew that everything was going to shit after that. <laughs> like it was like. But, was... The, but I think like, I just think that's, that's the magical part is the chemistry has to 
has to elevate the the relationship. Yes. If two people are just hot, no, it's like, right. well, they hook up even without the chemistry, right? Just because they're hot. Yeah, it's it's an evolution. So like that's right. why I think when Harry met Sally is when Harry met Sally because the chemistry right. is so good yeah. that listen, Bill Crystal is a good looking Jew. But Meg Ryan is a movie star. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're dealing with like, the uh, nebbish. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. Annie Hall. I mean, that was the whole thing. Of, yeah. The whole premise of Woody Allen was if you're so funny, yeah. then you can be the most annoying, weird-looking guy in the world and end up with whoever. With your daughter. That's, that's, right. the, that's, that's exactly what they sold, right. with your yeah. daughter. Yeah, with I mean, them, really with their daughter, with their sister, with their brother. <laughs> God. What is, you know one of the craziest things about uh, – uh, uh, other than all the things that's known about Woody Allen, yes, is, is that else? he dated he dated Diane Keaton and then two of her sisters. What? He likes two to keep it sisters. in the family, doesn't it? He really he likes does. to keep it in the family. He does. Family but can man. you imagine? Can you uh, one sister? That's yeah. that's a crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Two <laughs> sisters. Two sisters. That's insane. That is insane. I cannot. Yeah. Uh, if someone had, if someone hooked up with one of my sisters and then hooked up with the other sister, it would be World War II. The family would be over. It's so interesting. I don't remember who it was. I don't. I don't want to miss misspeak. This is how good my English is right now at this hour. Um, I don't want to misspeak. Um, but I think Arik Sharon, our late, you know, prime minister. I think, I think I, I need to Google this after. But his wife died. I think he married her sister. And I think I've heard of another case where, like, someone's widowed and they end up marrying Hunter, the sister. Hunter Biden. Oh, is Didn't that Didn't Hunter Biden? Hunter, I'm pretty sure Hunter Biden at least was in a relationship with Bo's oh my God. ex-wife. Okay. Well, that's a little different, right? I mean, still disturbing. But, I mean, with how do you not feel like the rebound where your sister passes away and then her husband is into you? I mean, it's hard being a rebound after someone's widowed anyway, but you know, you're really going like, you're really just trying to replace, like, get the closest model next to it. You know what I mean? Like, let me just get the next. I mean, tough I just would love to see that reunion in heaven. That's no. going to be just an awkward, <laughs> awkward situation. Who are you going to end up with? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I met a woman, again, I, you know, in Israel, polyamory is very big, very big. Everyone's really? in polyamory. Everybody on the, on the dating sites, open, open, open relationship. I met a woman. Um, you know, and polyamory, I guess, is two relationships. It's not an open marriage where you're just like, you know, fucking around. Like it's it's two like substantial, meaningful. So she lives with one guy part of the time, and then she lives with her other guy part of the time. And they all have kids, and the kids move. Like it's a whole moving thing. And the two dudes are also buddies, and they end up commiserating when one of them has a fight with her. He calls the other dude and says, "What do I do? Like she's driving me crazy. Like they bitch to each other about the same partner." Surreal to me. You have to be a very evolved person to manage that kind of shit. I could not handle it. Maybe, maybe, or you are addicted to drama. Maybe. Or like, rather, yeah. like I don't know. I've met, I've met some of these. Yeah, I've met some of these people, and I'm not like, oh, you are. You're in a higher plane than me. Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> fucking chaos. It sounds like I, a I, Listen, I, I don't think one is. Yeah. I don't think one is is better than the other inherently, but it sounds very no, complicated. I think higher plane by I think I've never been I can get jealous. I never act on it. It's just very internal. Like I'm never like, let me check the like that's so not me. I just know it's my own shit and my own insecurities. 
but it always is so striking to me how insecure I can get, even with someone I've been with for a while or, you know, like it's, it's tough. So people that can be in an open relationship or have that sense of security, like, you know what, or not even open or like, just not ever jealous ever, ever. The kind of people that are like, yeah, you know what, look, if he wants to cheat, that's his problem. It's not on me. And I am who I am. And you know, I good riddance. And I'm like, how do you get yeah, yeah, there? Yeah. That's such a healthy, good place to be, you know, where like, I remember I heard, read a, I just listened to an interview with Anthony Jeselnik, who I think said that. He's like, yeah, I'm never jealous, you know, and yeah, if they don't want me, I'm like, good for you, man. <laughs> like, God, the self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's easy. That's also easy for Jeselnik to say when you, I think there's a degree where Jeselnik's pretty hot. Yes. Pretty hot guy. guy. I yeah. think sometimes those people, it's like, it's like, yeah, of yeah. course you're fine. Because yeah. you're like, all right, right, let's break up. I'll go outside. I'll get someone else. I'll, I'll literally breathe and someone will appear. So, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, that's, so, that's so funny, though, that you said that every time an actor got a regional production, you're oh like, God. well, this is the end, I guess. But, but it's it's interesting because it's I think it's so messed up. I remember talking to a, a pretty well-known actor who's on set a lot. It's like you have to really kind of make a mental switch because you're getting physical with people in a very intimate way, especially if you're doing like live theater or even movies. I mean, my God, they're doing like intimate sex scenes. How will it not be a mindful? Like the boundaries are crossed, normal boundaries of two people working in an office. No, like this is legitimate, you know, it's legitimate boundary crossing and under, you know, the rubric of work. And they're usually attractive and there's gotta be some chemistry there. You have yeah. to create some chemistry. Of course it's gonna be tempting and weird and, and all this stuff is gonna happen. I mean, I'm not shocked at all these, you know, set romances happen or affairs happen like it's not a shocker especially if you're on set for five months like what, what? it's like what do you i don't know of yeah. course it's, it seems like a very hard thing I, now who I, knows i'm very curious now they have the intimacy coordinators right. yeah. i have a friend who's like a movie and i feel like i feel like you know sydney powell's it'd be funny if not uh, uh you married sydney them already Sweeney's, i like that you married um, them that's nice you're like sydney powell that's it she's taking yeah, his right. name <laughs> Sydney Sweeney shows up on set and her fiance is like, hey, I became the intimacy coordinator. I'm going to be on set with you guys. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great job. If you're like the really jealous boyfriend, that's what you get. Or girlfriend, that's what you get your next job as, the intimacy coordinator. And then you're like, you yeah, must yeah, request yeah. me. I think... Yeah, that's brilliant. I love it. I don't know I if people love be, these intimacy if my, coordinators. If my girlfriend was the intimacy, yeah. <laughs> that would be very awkward. Yeah, it's it's... Yeah, I think it'd be very funny if I if I had if I ever got an acting role again. And if I showed up, my girlfriend was the intimacy coordinator. It would be a <laughs> one, one of the one of the least sexy love scenes of all time. I wonder if uh, I wonder what the intimacy coordinator is like in bed. You know, is it very choreographed in her in her own sex life or his own sex life? You know what I mean? Or is it very clinical? Like, no, I'd rather you. Why don't you put your arm here for three minutes? Do like a two pump, you know, two pump up, and then we'll kind of move over and flip me over. Like, because how do you not? How do you suddenly stop being so analytical and just be like, let's go with the flow? Sure, what? sure. I don't know. Bless you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'd feel weird Thank having you. a third person present starting to coach me. I feel like it's weird enough. I had one, I've never had a sex scene. I had like a makeout scene with a guy who had like, it, it was, I was so not attracted to him and he had horrible breath and it, it really is a nightmare. And then you're afraid of like not delivering and you gotta be into it. And it's, it's the, for me, it was the biggest challenge ever. I don't know how people do it. People that can't stand each other and you hear these yeah, stories. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. I think it's more just nervous where like, 
you know, whatever I think is like a sexy kiss move right. that like everyone be like, what is he, what is he doing? <laughs> what rock is oh, he living Oh under? God, what is, he, what is that, what is that tongue doing over there? That's what I feel nervous about, especially like a sex scene where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh God, do you do that in real life? <laughs> <laughs> They're just judging the crew. You're like close set. You're like, no, please bring people. I need the feedback. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I have a bunch of, I'm hoping to direct um, my first feature. I, you know, I directed, I had my TV series, Svetlana, and I played a Russian whore and we had nothing but funny sex scenes. And there was a lot of very graphic stuff, no nudity, but just a lot of, and it was fun because it's like, you're making it funny. Like, I think it's very hard to take anything physical seriously on camera. I just, I don't know. I'm like, the serious, you know, the serious kind of glossy lovemaking. It, it all seems like a sketch to me. So... I don't know. Yeah. I guess I have to be European. They know how to do it right. Do you ever see blue is the warmest color? I think the mm. woman ended up saying that they were like half raped on the set, but um, that was oh, intense. God. I'm like, okay, this is European. This feels European to me. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, did it feel European? It felt European. I don't know what it is. Maybe because it was like I, 90 I, minutes I, long. Now I don't know if I need to see it or I should avoid it. Oh, I you should seen see it. it. No, look, I mean, again, I think it was disturbing to hear what these actresses went through afterwards. So when you're seeing the movie, you're like, wow. I mean, it's a very long lesbian scene, but it's very real and raw and not glossy. Uh, and no, no angles. You know, there's no angles. Like, there's no, let's do an angle on the shoulder. And now she's licking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're just watching. You feel very voyeuristic. And it's very intense. Mm -hmm. And then you end up reading and going, of course it was intense. These women were actually, there's no way to achieve that without having some <laughs> sort of authentic, intense experience. And so what's that line? Sure, sure. I'm not, I don't get cast as those roles. No one wants to see me, you know, making a bed with a woman, a man, a pet, whatever. I don't think that's in the cards for me. I'm the neighbor who like knocks on the door angrily. Keep it down in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're going on tour or no? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like in a perpetual, Your perpetual tour. Love. You okay. know, it's just, just every weekend. Uh, if that's what it feels yourself? like now. Do you book your own gigs? No, thank God. I, I have an agent, okay. uh, innovative artist. His okay. name's Matt Bourne. He's the best. Awesome. So, yeah, it's it's just like you, my whole career is just building social media, yeah, going yeah. on tour. Yeah. And it's all just kind of like that. I, I, I think one day it'll hopefully be a little more like, all right, I developed the new hour, and then I tour, and then I film. Right, but right now, it's just like I'm going – Okay. I'm going, trying yeah, to build yeah. up a fan base. Does your um, does your girlfriend come with you on when you're on tour on the road? She does sometimes. We've we've actually been like uh, trying to figure out a new system because I think there was, I think I have been a little lonely. I think. Okay. I mean, this year has really been like every weekend. Wow. And, and what does she do? Sorry, just they, me ask. What does she do? That she, does she? Fly? No, she's she's a she's a manager. She's okay. a comedy manager. Got it. But she does not manage you because that would be a little conflict. No, with... she does not manage okay. me. No, no, just not conflict just of interest. Just, my... Yeah, just it would just implode. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be it would be a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, she manages other aspects of my life. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, we you know she she does to a certain degree, but it's also like finding that that it's it's hard because like. If I'm alone, yes, I'm the headliner. I go yes. to the club, right? Uh, uh, you know, people treat me with a certain degree of deference. Mm -hmm. They're nice. Right. When I bring my girlfriend, I ain't shit. Really? To her, 
No, I mean, there's a degree of it's just like, okay. she, we're not going to the club and suddenly I'm elevated in her mind. Right. It's the same schmuck from yesterday. So, <laughs> so, you like so it's that, like, right. You want to feel that sometimes on your own term. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just figuring out the, the, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's tough to be with a comedian. It's I, tough um, to be with yes, a comedian. I couldn't do it. So kudos to her. That's all I have to say. If I have a bad show, if I have a bad show, it's I It's all about you, know. you all the time. Oof, she has yeah. to make you feel better. She's, there's a lot of mothering involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a degree where like, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a stage in my career where I go to some cities that no one would visit otherwise <laughs> unless they were getting paid to do it. And, and, and then, but sometimes those are the cities that I'm like, baby, that's where I need you the most. Yes. I need yes. you in Chandler, Arizona, because right. I am alone. Yeah. No, it can get very, uh, you know, I, I was shooting a, you know, a, a TV series now in London for three months. And I was, we're not in London. We were out mm. like an hour outside of London. So when I'm, when I'm in London and I got my Airbnb and I'm going, I don't mind being alone, but there were like a long time at the hotel. There was like a 10 day stretch when I was at the hotel. It felt like staying near Newark, like you're far away. You're not near yeah. London town. I have to, and we have a 5 a.m., you know, whatever, not 5 a.m., but early call time. So I'm not going to be sure. going an hour each way. And you start losing your mind. Like I'm in this hotel. There's nobody there. Like maybe a couple of weird guys from Essex are there for some convention. It's not a sexy hotel. <laughs> it's like the Crown Plaza. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I started oh, yeah. like, I'm like staring at the sketchy bedspread and I'm, I'm like literally getting depressed. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's day in, day out and it's 10 days straight. And you're like, this is like solitary confinement. So I, I can imagine that Chandler, yeah. Arizona is the U.S. corollary for that. Uh, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm going. And that's why I'm going this weekend. And it's just one of those trips. In my head, I'm like, man, I, it's, I have to get on a long flight to a place I'm not excited to go. Mm, yeah, so you I'm find joy. I'll have fun. As long as they yeah, have like yeah. a sauna and a steam room, that everything everything is okay. If the hotel is nice enough to mm -hmm. have like a sauna, you know what I mean? Then just use the steam room. Go to the gym, take sure. care of yourself in the mirror, whatever, whatever you got to do to, you know, <laughs> keep the virility going. Um, so people, where can people find you on Instagram and your tour dates and all that? Yes, they can find me everywhere at John Marco Cerezi. Uh, I'm going all over America, all over Canada this year. I'll be back at JFL. Oh, right I'll be in London in November for the yes. first time. Never been there before for stand-up. And, uh, and then listen to my podcast, The Downside with Gianmarco Cerezi. Amazing. Well, stick around after I stop recording so I can chat with you for just a minute. Um, wonderful. So check out John Marco, GM, GMS, Gianmarco Cerezi's stuff and tour dates and go to London and see him or go to Chandler, Arizona, if you so desire. Uh, and follow him on Instagram and uh, follow me at Iris Barr. Subscribe to the X-Ray Podcast and be well. Thank you.